1: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, InternationalHorseCollege.com. registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Sue Franks. Now, Sue's a coach and a motivator. She's also an avid competitor, promoter. Um, she's been successful in reining, Western performance rodeos and also traditional English events. Her goal is to ask her clients to enjoy riding the horses as much as she enjoys riding and believes if you smile, then your horse will smile as well. Sue, that is a lovely saying. How are you? I'm very well. How are oh, you? Good. I, I love that. If you smile, your horse will smile as well. Yes. it actually It's actually more than that. It changes your
0: physiology while you ride and you relax on your horse Therefore, yes. things go better.
1: I'm smiling just yeah. thinking about it, so, I, <laughs> so that's good. All right. Now, Sue, we normally start with a favourite quote. So, have you got one for us now? I know that you're going to cry, but don't cry with this one.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's, um, yeah, oh, look, see? Straight away.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, the, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred with the dust, sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who airs and comes up short again and again. Sorry. <laughs> who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotion, and spends himself in a worthy cause who at best knows in the end the time of high achievement, this is the bit that gets me. And who at worst if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly.
1: Good on you. Good on you. This obviously means a lot to you, and, and I'm just going to ask you without, you know, hopefully we'll sort of get a little, I think you need to think <laughs> about riding with a smile and your horse smiling as well. But why does this quote mean so much to you? Why is it so inspirational? Well,
0: I think it's because um, this is what happens when you push through. I have a lot of nervous clients. Yes. Um, and I've actually been hurt myself riding and had to push myself back to do it because I loved it so much. And the fear can take away the joy. And people get hung up with the victory of a buckle or a championship. And that's not it. Mm-hmm. The joy, the triumph is the doing. Yes. So, yes. yes. And, and look, it's the same. It's the same with my clients. Um when they do something outstanding, I have won quite a lot of buckles and a lot of championships and they were great and I enjoyed them and I partied after, but they were just a, a reward for my hard work. But when my clients go out and win, when they've worked hard, oh my God, I sob. <laughs>
1: okay. I can understand. Yep. Yep. I
0: don't know why, but it always that, that quote always gets me. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And I'm sure it's not when they just go out and win. It's it's when they just go out and do well and achieve things as well.
0: Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Look, it's, it, it's such a reward to know that you have helped someone enjoy it as much as you do.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Now, when did you start off? Because you, you deal with nervous riders. You know, they're the main ones that you start teaching. When did you realize that you had a gift for helping people, helping people that are nervous, helping people that... Um, need uh, to... I don't know if
0: I realised I had a gift.
1: I don't know if I realised I had a gift. I wanted to
0: teach riding mm. when I was a teenager. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I was yep. going to um, a Gilla pony club in Mount and I was pretty bad. Borrowed horse, borrowed saddle. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> am my bridle and my back.
1: You know what? I love it when people but, come from beginnings like that, you know, that they really had to scratch around and didn't just get off at everything on a plate. So, yeah, keep going with your story. This is good. Yeah, I bought my first for $85. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: I knew then, I also knew that it was going to take a lot, that that, it, that teaching people wasn't a case of hanging out a shingle saying, just because I've won a ribbon or two, a pony club I could ride, I knew it would take a lot to be good enough because you have to offer quality. Even back then I knew. So I basically just continued with my life, you know, at teenagers and your 20s and then you go off track and you come back. And I just was a clinic junkie, clinics after Mm -hmm. clinics, changed my horse sports a few times until I started helping friends while I was reigning about 2003, 2004 and then decided I would teach and helping friends, I could see that I could get my point across what I needed them to learn and for some reason, I could get them to do things that they wouldn't do on their own and I don't know if I'm scary,
1: apparently I am, but yeah. (laughs) Maybe just encouraging. Yeah, very vigorously encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you sort of went from there. And what about, so your friends, were they nervous? I mean, you particularly deal with nervous riders now, but were they nervous or are they just the people that attracted to you, the ones that are nervous?
0: Yeah, some of them were. I think Mm -hmm. nervous riders are attracted to what they perceive, my confidence and my courage. And in actual fact, in the early days, it was not confidence and it wasn't courage It's bravado and fake it till you make it.
1: Okay. Is that what you tell them to do?
0: Oh, sometimes, yeah. Look, I'll tell them to do a few things. I I, I now have quite a big toolbox for them. Yep. They get to you make it work because, you know, we all know that with all the um self-help stuff out there now, that visualization, the body, the brain doesn't have a difference between visualizing something and doing it. You'll use the same muscles. So if they visualize it and they do it, they'll get there. The other thing I teach them is to celebrate the victories, the tiny victories. You have to celebrate them because the human brain is – to the point where we jump to the negative and we'll do something brilliant or brilliant in the context of writing and then we'll go and pull it apart, especially women, because we tend to have low self-esteem to start with. So then we tear it apart and look for the bad things in it when in actual fact it was a really big deal and something that we've pushed through and we need to celebrate it like like men do. Men mm-hmm. know it was good and I'll tell you it was good where women go, oh, yeah, it was okay, but, you know, yeah, I've done yeah. this. so. I try to teach that we need to celebrate, set goals, work little, little, little goals for the big goal, and then celebrate the little victories all along the way. Mm-hmm. And also, like-minded people around you, always yep. supportive, like-minded people.
1: Yep. Yep, yep. And I love that you celebrate the tiny victories because they're so important, you know, oh, because yeah. if you're just looking for the big victories all the time, if you think about the amount of people that say we go to a competition, you know, and there might be, depending on where you are, there might be half a dozen through to a hundred competitors against you. So everyone thinks you're going to win. Not everyone's going to win. You've got <laughs> to celebrate all those little things, you know, like my horse walk quietly, my horse did something, well, there was a nice transition in that class. You know, there's the little things that you've got to celebrate. You've got to say, well, that was good, that was good. Otherwise, you'd just go insane.
0: You, you would. And I have clients who have trouble getting to a canter. And when they canter, the celebration might be they actually cantered and they could think during the canter. They just didn't canter and blackout while they were riding.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Because yes. so many people with fear will do, you, you can push them and motivate them yeah. and, and get them to do something. But to get them to do it and have them still think is a huge thing. And yeah. they're riding riding—they're riding 500, 600 kilogram animal that's quite yep. dangerous. Yep. Even the quiet
1: ones are dangerous. Yes, yes. And they might have been faking that they were confident and walk and trot. But if they get to canter and then freeze, then the horse is going to think what's going on. And they might hmm. likely to stop or prop or do something and then the person falls off because they've frozen. But if they can just... But yeah, breathe through that transition, through the riding. That's, that yeah. makes it so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about, because I know you've got a, a toolbox. You've said that you've got a big toolbox. And if I sort of give you a couple of instances, right, someone who doesn't want to ride at all, I mean, they, they do want to ride, but they won't get on. They can't take that physical foot in the stirrup. They might have their horse saddled up, ready to go on the mounting block, and then they say, "I just can't do it." What sort of things would you do to them? Have you been? To, have you been to my lessons on the fly? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've actually said that. Have I just you? can't. Yeah. I just can't. And you go, you, yeah. Well, to start because I, cause I hear to... about it. People tell me, and I just think, you know, they want to ride. Because if they didn't want to ride. They wouldn't even have the horse in the paddock. They wouldn't even go and spend the time and the effort to catch the horse and groom the horse and prepare the gear and get them ready and lead them over to the mounting block. They obviously want to ride but can't pull themselves to ride. So I haven't been to your lessons but I've seen a few nervous riders so <laughs> please tell me. Well, the first thing, if they got the horse there, it's
0: saddled up and I'm there and we get to that stage, I'll hang on to the horse. I'll hang on to the bridle, the stirrup. Help them up. Usually I'll tell them to use a mounting block so that once on the mounting block, they're actually mentally committed even if they don't realize it. It's like when you you are going to eat a donut, going to eat a donut, and then you say, no, I'm not. I'm not eating that. I'm on a diet. I'm not eating that. And then you find yourself at the Krispy Kreme counter and you're buying it and you're going, why? <laughs> so they're already standing there with the saddled horse. So they, on one level, are committed. Mm-hmm. But what they don't understand is it's their subconscious is already stronger than their conscious brain. So you have to distract them a little bit. So you'll talk about whatever to distract them. I'll hang on to it and I'll say, you don't have to do, you don't have to do anything but sit on the horse. You don't have to do anything. So I, I tell them a fib. I mean they're going to do more eventually. Mm-hmm. But this is the first stepping stone. You're going to do nothing but get on. That is all we want. You get on. So then we'll talk him into just sitting on the horse and sitting on the horse. Just sit yep. there. That's yep. cool. I'll sit here with you. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just add to it. Could we just walk a little bit? Do you think you could just bend him around your leg? Let's just try this simple exercise.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So we'll start with things like that, just one thing at a time. Also, um, I run clinics and you tend to get, you attract the same sort of people. And I'm very fortunate in that the people I've attracted in Southeast Queensland are very positive, supportive people, mm-hmm. lovely. And, and the group of women, and there's some very nervous ones in it, one's not so nervous. And what they'll do is if I can then talk that person who can just sit and just walk into coming along to a clinic, those women themselves then will uplift them and help them on too. So it's not just me, it's a group. So that's what I mean by like-minded people. And they help as well. And even a little, we'll work on little things that they won't realise that they're working on to move to. So if I've got, I can use this, for instance, she's a wonderful client who's been nervous, Mm -hmm. had a bad accident getting over that, and she's just done another clinic away, not one of mine, and she was telling me so excited today all about it, Mm -hmm. what they did, and it was an outdoor clinic Go trail riding because she's great now in arenas, but getting out in the trail, which which is what she wants, is scary. Yep. And all the things that they did in the trail, we've practiced in the arena repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Up there with the same nerves, we could she could now just get over the next hurdle, which was just not having the fence around her.
1: Yep. Okay. Okay.
0: So yeah, it's, it's it's baby steps. You just there's no magic solution. It's just baby
1: steps, and it's how you talk to the person all the time. Mhm, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just wondering because you've said that the subconscious brain is stronger than the conscious brain and you've talked about visualisation. So if they've been working and they're about to do a baby step but they're not sure, worried, frozen, whatever, do you, you obviously do the visualisation then to get them to take the? If they're not ready to take the next step, they think they're not ready to take the next step, you do the visualisation then to get them ready for the next step.
0: <laughs> yes. So what we'll do is while they're sitting on the horse, mm-hmm. I'll actually have them start breathing. And I'm really big on breathing on horses, yes. how you breathe. Yes. So yes. like it's the same sort of breathing as in yoga or in Pilates. So I could, it's a, a four-square breathing, four, four breaths in through the nose, to the bottom of your stomach, push it to the abdomen. Hold one, two. Breathe out slowly through your mouth. One, two, three, four. Hold one, two. Become conscious of the breath. So I'll start them with a breathing like that. Make them work on that breathing. And then while they're doing that, I just start telling them what they're going to do and -hmm. keep breathing, and I just keep telling them in the positive what they're going to do and that they're capable. I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. There's there's people out there who are quadra and um, paraplegics, and they can do it. So if you've got the same arms, hands, what I've got, you can do this. And I'll just start talking them through what they can do and they're going to do while they practice their breathing. So it's like a little mini meditation on the Mm -hmm. horse.
1: Yep, yep.
0: And it's amazing, like even the more the more advanced ones who are trotting and caring who can 't get something, you can start this process and then tell them what they're going to do while they're doing it and you've 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 engaged the conscious brain, mm-hmm. so the subconscious is getting pushed a bit to the back, and next thing they're doing a beautiful lead transition or they're lifting the horse into a collected canner just because you've just given them the tools and told them they could they could they could yep yep, and yep. and that seems that that seems so simplistic. But there's another saying that I love, and it came out of Ian Francis' little book. Treat people as they, as they, treat people as they are, and they remain that way. Treat them as they can be, and we help them become what they're capable. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, it, it says everything, because if we're all treated as if we are going to achieve at the highest level, we will begin to achieve.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. These tools you've obviously developed them over a long period of time. You've talked about Ian Francis. Anyone else that you've got these tools from, or you know, are they also ones from outside the horse industry? Oh,
0: definitely, I go both. I, like um, Ian's little little book of sayings is just his winning attitude. His book is fantastic. Everyone should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually won my first national championship. I bought it, read it, read it, read it. I was having one of those little um what do you call them? My pretty party at a national show. Yes. I read that all night, had a sleep, woke up and went out and won a very big class. Okay. And I'm okay, so that means the brain is stronger than I realised. It sort of yes. made me think a bit. Um, yeah, definitely. That outside of it, I will take myself off and you'll see sometimes I do clinics with another lady called Pam Siddons, and she's a best practitioner. And I'll bring her in to clinics where I will teach horsemanship. Mm-hmm. And her job is to help people get over blocks. Okay. She doesn't ride. that's nothing about horses. Loves them. Her son now has a pony, mm-hmm. um, and I teach him. Okay. But she just helps people to get over their blocks mm-hmm. with her um, therapy she uses. Okay. And, yeah. again, it takes them away from... The horse, for, for a minute, they get a little bit of help on the outside, come back and ride. So there's support off the horse and support on the horse at the same time. Yep. I yep. also go to – um. I'll, I will use just about anything. I'll go to entrepreneurial workshops
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'll bring home things I learn in, in those sort of workshops that are for me, but I'll bring them back and use them with my clients as well on them.
1: Yep. I figure I pay for it. I own it. I can use it. <laughs> oh, exactly. and And use it within your – within your niche, you know, within your area of expertise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely
0: adapt it. Some of my clients, if I go and do something, you'll say, am I the guinea pig this week? And you go, mm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll <laughs> on <by> myself first. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes. Okay. Look, what I'd like, because everyone loves case studies, you know, if they sort of put themselves, oh, I've been in that position, that's where I am now. Tell us about a case study about someone that you've helped, you know, help them start off as a nervous rider and, then they've got confidence. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, I've got one. I, I wouldn't say that. She's over being nervous. Tell us what she was like when she started.
0: Yes, she still does it a little bit, freezes, totally freezes. In okay. other words, hops on the horse and yep. there's nothing behind her eyes. Yes. And if you try to talk to her, she just says, yep, 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 yep. that's yeah. does nothing but, but says that. Yep. And then you know you're in trouble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people at clinics and things also know she still has moments of this, but – I've worked out now I just keep – and sometimes people at clinics, when she comes, will get quite horrified at how I treat her because I'll speak to her and speak to her and then I'll yell or clap my hand. Yep. But I have to get her conscious brain to click in. Okay. And I will – what I do with her, she's still – she's – I wouldn't actually say she's nervous now. It's now – it's a learned response to save herself. It, it hides – it's a way to hide from what could happen. She did have a major accident on her horse. Mm-hmm. Um, She now realises that when I'm talking to her and I need to get her attention, that it engages her brain and I ask her questions. I just fire questions at her to make her think and get away from what's happening around her. And, of course, that calms the horse. That calms the horse right down
1: Yes. as well
0: because she thinks and she's distracted from actually just freezing because when you freeze, your legs clamp on, you bounce in the saddle, you hang on to the reins tight, and the poor horse doesn't have a chance. There's no communication. So, yeah, she's actually acknowledged that this is what's needed for her Mm -hmm. to help her with that. Um, And we've progressed where every so often we take her off her own horse because that becomes a familiar thing and you freeze up in that familiar territory and we'll put her onto one of my horses occasionally Mm -hmm. or um, one of her friends has a lovely horse that's a very good supportive horse for her. And I don't use mine for this often. She actually can ride.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Just the freezing up then allows a dangerous situation to develop. And we've, I've found that putting her onto another horse also helps because she trusts my training or she trusts her friend's training and she relaxes and can move ahead. and then putting it back on her own horse, you've broken the pattern. You've mm-hmm. just broken that little pattern of freezing on the horse. And, of course, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. The more you do that and break the pattern, eventually it's like a layer on top. Every so often the freezing will come back out, but... It gets less and less over time. Yes. So. Okay. And the other thing is every so often if she gets to a stage where she doesn't come out of it as quickly, she freezes too much, I'll just have to say to her, okay, it's not about me or the horse today, is it? Something's happened at home. That's not my business. Mm -hmm. But have a look at that. Have you left what's happening at home at home or have you brought it onto the horse?
1: Yes. Yes, which can happen quite often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people... So I don't know if men do it. I know women do it. We all, we go out to ride our horse and this is my time. I'm mm. going to ride my horse. This is all about me. We get on the horse. And then the fight we had with our husband, the kids who didn't pick up their clothes, the boss who yelled at you, it all comes out because you suddenly relax and all those little barriers you've been holding back, all of a sudden they're down and then you just don't cope and it was nothing to do with the horse. The instructor the situation at the time it was to do with everything else so if it gets to that stage with the freeze up object and say is there something else we just going to need to stop for a minute and put that aside because that's not to come into this time
1: yes okay okay just thinking mm. sue about the questions because It's very easy and and just non-English speakers, you know, like people think they'll go and talk to someone who doesn't speak English. They've learned to say yes, so they'll have a huge, big, long conversation and the person's just nodding their head going yes, yes, yes because they're telling the person. So if you as an instructor, it's just... Telling the person, telling yep. the person, it's easy for them to just nod and say, yep, yep, yep. Even closed questions, you know, closed questions where you ask for one answer, you know, it could be yes, no, or seven or ten, you know, like like one word type is one answer. But it sounds like you're then asking for open questions. You're opening her, you're questioning her, so she has oh, to. Oh, d- definitely, yeah.
0: definitely. Yes, That that's exactly what I do. So we'll do an exercise, change of direction, and I'll mm. say, so. What did I want you to do there? What 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 was I asking for? Do mm. you understand why I asked you to do that? And can you describe what I wanted you to do? And there'll be something we've done a lot, so there is there is the opportunity for a right answer. It's not not a setup where I'm going to be right and they're going to be wrong. Mm. It, it'll be, do you understand why I asked for that? Can you describe what I wanted? Okay, you're about to do um, a lead departure or a shoulder end. Tell me before we go what you're going to do and the sequence you're going to do it in. So it'll be questions like that to make the brain, the conscious brain, click in and walk away from the um, part of that your subconscious that's just saying, oh, she's not a good coach, she wants you to get hurt. Because your subconscious, mm, I know, yes. I, as, as a client, I've been in there with people asking me and I've been thinking, I'm going to do, do it in the back of my head. There's a little voice going, don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes,
1: And then you do it and you go, oh, that wasn't that hard. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And I'm just going to say because... She's then um, talking, repeating, you know, telling you the answers, telling you what she feels. But within that, you've done the breathing exercises. So she's breathing as well because she has to, to be talking. Yes, and, and
0: you've made her. Even the other part with, when that happens, when people get so nervous uptight or they go into this freeze-up, this protection thing, which isn't a protection on a horse, mm. if you can just make them, and I'll say this as well, say, okay, you've got to look. Look around. Tell me what's on the horizon. Look around. Move your head. Lift your chin and move your head. And, of course, um, what people don't realize is that when we become scared, we close our chest, we close our pec muscles, and what we perceive as anxiety it probably is. But it can also just be a lack of oxygen. So if you can get them to open up through the chest and look around at the countryside, next thing they've relaxed and the horse has gone, oh, thank God.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and that's amazing. If you can make someone look at the horizon that changes everything as well.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So that's another tip, yeah.
1: If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. Yes, yes, you know, because nervous riders, you know, sometimes it's fine if you've got someone who comes along, nervous rider, you've got a school horse that you know is going to be able to cope with nervous riders but sometimes they come on their own horses. What sort of things are you looking at with their own horses to know that they're even going to be safe to ride? Because maybe they're nervous because the horse is nervous, and the horse is not going to be safe to ride. And that's just their their intuition telling them, "Don't get on this horse; it's not going to it's not going to end up well." What What do you do there? What do you have in place well, my, there? Well,
0: most of them the most of them will actually most of them will argue with you. I'll see that all the time. I'll see a horse isn't safe to ride, and they've brought it along, or you've gone okay. to their place for less. Yep. And, and you try to be really honest, and I'm, I'm afraid sometimes I'm bluntly honest, mm-hmm. and it will hurt their feelings because they're emotionally attached. They love their horse, and that's right. That, that's why we have them. But yeah. sometimes it's like bad friends. I've had friends that, when I was a teenager, and holy hell, I love those friends, but my mother didn't like me having those friends mm-hmm. because they were a bad influence on me. And sometimes this happens with the horse. So the first thing I'll do, you're not going to change their mind. They love their horse. Yep. It's a relationship they don't want to get out of. So you'll say, hand it to me. Um, I'm not big on groundworking. I want to ride. I'll lunge or groundwork my own horses. But I will, at a clinic, in a lesson, I will actually say I carry gloves. And if anyone's listening and you're going to groundwork a horse, put a crash hat on. People Mm -hmm. die from lunging horses. A horse
1: kicks you in the head, it can kill you. Especially one that's a bit fresh.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and, And you know what? When you groundwork a horse, it's naughty and been challenging the rider a lot. And you suddenly change the status quo to, okay, um, I'm actually a human I'm an, and I'm a predator, whether mm. people like that or not. Humans have our eyes in the front of the head. And horses are naturally afraid of predators. And then all of a sudden we take the fear factor out and then we let the horse cross the line. And now someone's got to fix that. And it's not pleasant, as I tell people when I'm pushing the horse around, say, don't think I enjoy this. I actually like to be nice to horses all the time. And so while you're pulling them, back into line a little bit and showing them what you're going to do on the ground and taking some of the energy off for them, um, those horses sometimes will have a go at you because you've changed the status quo. And as I, as I explain it to my clients. It's like um, the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. You've let your horse write the roommate's agreement and it's as big as Sheldon Cooper's or it's bigger. That yep. roommate agreement is huge and they don't want to relinquish any of it. And, and quite often those horses aren't happy horses either because there's no herd authority. They're, they're suddenly in control of a human, which they're not supposed to be. So I'll groundwork them, and I'll groundwork it, and explain what I'm doing, and I'll be very careful with them on the horse, and then once we get them back onto the horse, after we've groundworked the horse and shown the horse that he has to behave a little bit, uh, we'll start then applying that on the horse. Um, If it's a client over time, I will give them things to do, so when you tie your horse up or you're rugging him, be aware that if your horse takes a step towards you, he may want his bottom scratched. He may also be seeing if he can push you. Mm. You take a step away and he goes, oh, I can take space. Yes. So little things like that, I'm not talking about walking in and beating a horse to death. I'm talking about making him step out of your way. When you rug him, make him stand still and, and give you space, not step into you. And then you, We unconsciously just step back and keep doing up the leg straps. Mm. We let mm. him rub his face on us to get the flies off. And all of a sudden – In his pecking order, we're we're no better than the tree down the paddock. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. (laughs) And he's big and strong. And we're squishy and we break. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, yeah, things like that. When when that that does happen, I will groundwork a horse. I have taken to lately teaching more groundwork because people also, I find um, nervous riders or riders who lack knowledge tend to lack Energy, when they groundwork, they, they, they'll try to make the energy in themselves really small mm-hmm. so they don't offend their horse. And in doing that, the horse has to take control again. Yep. So they need to have the energy up to a certain level where the horse pays them, at least pays them some attention and doesn't just run around them in a circle on rote that you're actually asking the horse to step away, come in, change direction. And he understands that you do have a certain energy level that you will maintain. Yeah, because yep. I, I watched it all the time. They had the shoulders down, the hands down low, and the head yes. down. And already yes. we've
1: started the and situation. And over. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They look depressed, actually, like they need medication. <laughs> yes. 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 Now the exercises, the groundwork exercises. What do you do if you're checking a horse to see, you know, to make sure that they're going to be safe to get on?
0: Okay, I will send the horse. So I will use. I have a um a long dressage whip, a driving whip, and a rope halter, which I think down low on the nose, mm-hmm. not up high, set it down low so it's on cartilage, on a bone. Yep. Because some of these horses will drag you around. Yes. And so I'll send the horse out like I'm lunging it, and then I'll, I will take the face. I don't like a horse to lean on me on the lunge, and I think I want them light when I ride them. So I'll take his face towards me. In other words, taking his front feet. So the horse faces me, then I'll send him again. So I'll send and bend
1: a mm-hmm. few times.
0: Um, that way, especially if some of them will kick you, um... It, it helps me stay away from the hooves and they do know that they have to come in. and I'll also push them out, but I'll push them out with my whip. I do you use a tail of the rein sometimes if I don't have a whip handy. I don't beat them. I tap on their belly where the mm-hmm. leg goes. Yep. And so I'll push the horse away from me. I'll get a leg yield a leg yield on a circle. So I'll say, can you push your belly out now? Can we push the hip away? Mm-hmm. I brought the face to me. I pushed the hip away and changed direction. I also don't just go left, right, left, right. I'll go left, 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 right. Okay. Then I'll go left and then right, 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 left. So I don't set up a um, where the horse knows he's going to change direction all the time Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: until I can see that the horse's head's come down, his eyes softened, and he's actually got his ears on me and listening.
1: Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Good. All right, then we want to get you back to talk about this a bit more, I think, because I think you've got a lot of knowledge there that we want to share with our listeners. And I'm sure you've got some extra you know pulling out your, your toolkit and you can pull out lots of things and I'm sure that you um, you know you're very open to learning as well and I know that you're a, a clinic junkie you're probably a seminar junkie and you're learning all the time so if you can <laughs> go, we, you know organize a time to come back and talk about this a bit more but meanwhile well just let us know what you're planning in the future you know what you've got on your agenda.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to have my first attempt at working equitation next March over at Logan. Okay. Um, I've had four of my clients went out and competed just recently at Sanford, and all did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to continue, of course, riding Western dressage. It's it's a wonderful sport with yes. great people. Yep. The most inviting people ever. But I've got a clinic. I've got a clinic. A clinic coming up in January, which is working equitation. A Western dressage clinic at Alurate in early February.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know if. It's gone any further than that with um clinics yet but and I teach I teach if I can I teach seven days a week I just love it like
1: it's what I do yep yep
0: and for for a holiday I went to Equitana and come back with more knowledge
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yeah that was wonderful (laughs) oh it was I was down there too and and there was lots of people I was down there that I just didn't see you know, I didn't see them. I'd sort of, they'd be on Facebook and they'd say they're catching a flight back from Melbourne it's like, oh, did you go to Equitana? I didn't even see you there. You know, just lots and lots of people. I'd plan well, to I, catch I up with a lot of people but just didn't.
0: Yeah. I'd be sending messages to people from Western Australia I wanted to see and we'd be sitting in the same grandstand watching the same wonderful yes. Um, masterclass. Yes. yes. And just say.
1: didn't, you didn't say. want to move because if you moved, you missed it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There were so many things on, Yeah. And, and big days too, you know, from eight o'clock on, and, and right through till ten o'clock at night. So you know, you couldn't watch everything and then catch up on your sleep. So you might have to, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people like me sort of watched as much as they could and caught up on their sleep when they came home. I will admit that if I stayed for the night
0: classes, I tended to doze off. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, <laughs> right.
0: I, I would not go. Oh my God, I just missed. I just missed extended trot. I missed half class. I've got to stay <laughs> awake. Got to stay awake
1: again. <laughs> All right. Now, Sue, can you um, just sum up your philosophy with horses, with training and with riders, you know, just give the riders a message about their confidence and about the relationship they have with the horse just in a sentence or two just before we we finish off?
0: Um, oh, that's a sentence or two. Okay. It's, it, you can achieve it. It's <laughs> I have heard very, that you
1: actually ethical. can be quiet early in the morning. <laughs> yes, only early in the morning. After okay. that, my mouth doesn't stop. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it it it's it is achievable. You can think that you can't do it, but you can. And when you come to one of my clinics, my regular girls go, "But you should see their face." So someone will say, "But Sue, I can't." And I look at them and say, "That is the worst four-letter word you could use around me." <laughs> so you can. It is achievable. If you want it bad enough, you will get it. You, it will happen. And I I stopped doing clinics. I did so many clinics that I was confused. I did too many different sorts. That's yes. a big mistake okay. people make. Stick with the same clinician for a while. Learn learn what they teach. And then a friend took me to meet a man called Ken May mm-hmm. years ago in the early 80s in Roma. And the first thing I got from Ken was he, he, he's actually a very good teacher. The first thing I got from him was with hard work, it is possible. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All you need is hard work and you'll get there. And that anyone can achieve that. No one died in their own sweat. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah, well, that's good. Good saying. All right. Now, if people would like to contact you before you're back on again, Sue, the detail will be on horsechats.com slash Sue Franks or go to horsechats.com, search for Sue or search for Franks with an S. Or do you want to tell us your contact details now, just in case people have got their pen out ready to go or their phone out ready to write to um, put it in? Well, they can put my phone number in,
0: 40 They can ring me or... Most people nowadays seem to want to use Messenger on Facebook. So I have a profile and I'll answer my profile or my um, page. I've got Sue Franks, the page and the
1: profile. Okay, good. And we'll also put those details on your page as well, just in case people have missed them there, and the Facebook links as well. Yes, and there's always a calendar on
0: on my um, Facebook page. and mm-hmm. a calendar for the next month.
1: Perfect. So I think we're back to time with this month. But, yeah, there's usually yeah. A, a calendar up. Okay, no worries at all. All right, Sue, thanks very much for chatting today and uh, hopefully we'll chat to you sometime very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks Thanks. for having me. That's okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com.